Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. So the holidays are upon us, at least, you know, when this uh, episode is airing, we're a few weeks ahead of time, but for our listeners, it is Thanksgiving. So I thought we could use this holiday as a bit of a history lesson because Ooh. there is a forgotten history behind Thanksgiving. It's not just cornucopia and, you know, Native Americans and the colonists had happiness and abundance and they shared and they supped together you know it's that, that's the story i remember hearing in, in high school or in, in in earlier school um but you know in fact one of the scary isms that we've mentioned before on this podcast nearly ruined the first thanksgiving basically communism in a way and uh, so we're going to unpack that a little bit. What do you know about this, Brittany? Yeah, I'm glad you bring this up because one of my favorite historical writers, my name Richard Ebeling, he once wrote about this. I think it was for Fee. I think he's wrote about it elsewhere. We'll also link to that in the show notes. But And I think you wrote an article as well. But we'll, he talks about how in the New World, which, you know, what they called America or Plymouth Rock, you know, when they landed here, um, the pilgrims were, were here for religious freedom. I think that's something that most of our listeners probably already know. That's mm -hmm. the basic thing you hear, right? But what they might not know is part of what, how they wanted to practice their religion was they wanted to institute a community of communal sharing and social altruism. Now, that's a kind of a big word, so let me explain what that means. Altruism is a belief that people should be completely selfless. You should only worry about others. And I'm going to contrast this with something we talked about in another episode where we talk about uh, Ayn Rand. And we talked about how sometimes there can actually be a lot of virtue and self and selfishness and the opposite of selflessness. So it's not automatically some magically great thing to be altruistic. In fact, that's what a lot of communists and socialists use to justify a system of oppression, more or less. So it's not always great. <laughs> What a lot of people don't know about this story that I think makes it a little bit more interesting is that they had to get a lot of money, right? These religious kind of separatists, if you will. And um, first they moved to Holland uh, trying to live there, but then they were worried that like their, their culture was slipping because they were kind of integrating into the surrounding community. So then some of the group went to England to try and get a loan. They wanted to find funding so that they could travel to America and establish their own colony, because this was kind of happening at the time, right? The uh, Americas were kind of this open territory, and so they wanted to find a loan. So these representatives went to England, and they negotiated. And um, what's interesting is that there was a, an arrangement made with the people who gave the loan that after seven years, all of the property would be divided equally between you know, the investors, and the colonists, but the group in Holland didn't like this. They wanted to be able to own their own property. And so they pushed back on this loan. They're like, no, this is not going to be good for us. But now the the group's representatives, these guys that had kind of negotiated the loan, they're kind of caught in the middle. They had agreed to this loan, but the group said no. So finally the group, these pilgrims were like, okay, fine. They ultimately went along with it, even though they kind of objected to this, this e quote unquote equality, right? Because they recognize that some people are going to work hard, some people are going to work not at all, but you're going to give us all the same thing. And so the contract that they got for this loan required common ownership of, of property. So, you know, the investors, the people giving a loan on the other side of the world, they wanted a way to ensure that the group would all work towards this common goal, right? To benefit themselves, pay back their loan. And the, the people who negotiated the loan had to convince the rest of the group to go along with it. Well, what's interesting is when they 
then they, they named their colony Plymouth, right? And their ship was the Mayflower. They landed at Cape Cod. This was uh, clear back in 1620. And there were 102 people at the beginning. Pretty decent sized ship, but slowly, or actually rather quickly, I should say, that 102 people turned into just a small group of a few dozen. In the first few months, the rest of the people quickly died from like sickness and, and starvation. The colony was better or barely able to keep up with themselves. So they start trying to, you know, plant corn and raise as much as they could. And, and meanwhile, they have to pay back this loan and they have everything kind of in common. They're kind of all supposed to work. But what happens is all these people start, quote unquote, calling in sick. In other words, oh, I don't feel very good. I can't work today because they knew that their work was going to be for other people. Would you say there was own. no incentive? Exactly. <laughs> they, they had, or actually let's add a flip to this. They had a disincentive, ah. right? It, it's a bad incentive, the opposite of a, of a, a, a proper or true incentive. They had a disincentive to work. In other words, they were incentivized to do the opposite of work. And so the uh, colonial, I think he was the governor was his title. Uh, right. William Bradford, he he recorded a lot of this in his journal, which is how we learned a lot yep. about this. He he took a lot of details. And so he was talking about how finally uh, he had to like abolish the terms of the loan. He just said, forget it. Everyone owns their own stuff. Go start working. And pretty soon production like corn planted and harvested skyrocketed, totally skyrocketed. People were dying of starvation. No one was working very hard. They weren't growing very much stuff. And all of a sudden, when they when the governor said, no, we're going to do private property, no more of this like common ownership stuff, when people had their own incentives to work, when I knew that I would benefit from the work that I put in, suddenly I was way more energized to work, of course, than everyone else was. They could start trading one with another and and being very productive. And so Thanksgiving, in, in effect, is really this celebration of, uh, yes, you know, some uh, helpful natives. This is in the year 1621, a table full of goods. They had just planted 26 acres, but a year later they planted 60. Mm -hmm. And then the year later, once private property had finally been established, 184 acres mm -hmm. were planted, they tripled. And so, you know, Thanksgiving in my mind should be a triumph of capitalism yes. over communism, of, of, of private property over being almost enslaved in a way to your neighbors that you're supposed to work for them. Well, and it's so funny to me because that's not really what, what comes across in in the the national dialogue, right? In fact, I, I when I was doing research for this episode, I came across a bunch of, of other articles that were trying to debunk the, the, what really happened, you know, and saying, no, it was just bad conditions. No, they just didn't, they just didn't know how to plant on the land. They were new there. And it's like, you can't really read the story and read the details without seeing it as anything else but a failure of of collectivism. And actually reminded me of a story of Bernie Sanders, who we've talked about on a past episode too. Bernie Sanders was once kicked off a commune. A commune is in the 60s and 70s, these were really big. It was where like hippies would go and they'd say, we're not going to have jobs. We're each just going to like live on a farm and we're each going to, we're just each going to help each other and everything's going to work out. Well, Bernie Sanders got to this farm and hilariously enough, did not put in his fair share. He didn't work as hard as he was supposed to. And eventually, so they had a rule in this, this commune where you could stay for three days without question unless you like committed a crime. And then um, after three days, if you weren't pulling your weight, you were asked to leave. And Bernie Sanders was asked to leave after three days. <laughs> so it's just funny to me because it just doesn't work. There's no way around it. It doesn't work. 
Um, Brittany, you and I have a, a quote to share. I'll, I'll have you share it from the governor. Uh, and, and you're right. A lot of people are trying to kind of warp the story of what actually happened. But when you read the journal of the governor and, you know, others at the time, the, the stories are there. It's very clear um, what what happened. So how about if you'll read it, maybe I'll help kind of translate after you're yes, done. Yes, because it's an old English. Um, so this is from Governor William Bradford. So I think you mentioned before. So for the young men that were able to fit, who were able and fit for labor and service did repine that they should spend their time and strength for work for other men's wives and children without recompense of so compensation. But you'll go over the meaning after. The strong or men of parts had no more division of food, clothes, etc., than he that was weak and not able to do a quarter of the other could. This was thought injustice, the aged and graver men to be ranked and equalized in labor and food, clothes, etc., with the meaner and younger sort, thought it some indignant and disrespect unto them. And for men's wives to be commanded to do service for other men as dressing their meat, washing their clothes, etc., they deemed it a kind of slavery, neither their husbands broke it. I love that slavery line. <laughs> totally. And so... Okay, the, the basic summary here is he's saying, yeah, uh, people were seeing that, well, wait a minute, I can do a lot harder work, but I am not going to benefit any more than the other people who you know are old or young and not able to work as hard. This is exactly what we talk about in the Tuttle Twins and the Search for Atlas, where you've got these clowns and you've got Atlas, and clearly they, they work at different levels. They have different outputs. Some are more necessary and productive than others. And so to have an environment where everyone is treated equally is basically communism. And so uh, what William Bradford saw here very quickly was the problem. He saw he and understood that the complaints that were coming up were all based on this slavery uh, idea. Women wanted to work for their own family and focus on, you know, the ones that they loved and not, you know, they, they loved and cared for other people in the community. But wait a minute, why don't you work for yourself, right? Like if you're going to be lazy and I have to like work for you and you're going to benefit just because you're taking the day off or, you know, disincentivized to work, then maybe I shouldn't work. Maybe I should kick back. And pretty soon no one's as productive as they could be because they're all eyeing one another and like, well, you're, you're being lazy, so I'm not going to work as hard. Why should I go sweat and, and toil, you know, if no one else is? And then it kind of is this vicious cycle that, that feeds on itself. And they're not wrong. Again, like I talked about with the Bernie Sanders thing, right? People were like, wait, why are we doing all this guy's work for him? Like, what's he doing? And it happens a lot in, the, in societies that are like communists or socialists. So it's funny to me, especially since America is kind of the opposite of that, right? We're the antithesis of that. I find it very poetic that the first Thanksgiving was actually this recognition of, oh, this doesn't work. You know, I kind of think that's like the most perfect fitting American story. I want to read another portion of Bradford's journal where he, we learn kind of the follow-up decision. He says, after much debate of things, the governor gave way that they should set corn every man for his own particular, in other words, for his own self, his own family, and in that regard, trust to themselves in all other things to go, the, to go in the general way as before. And so assigned to every family a parcel of land according to the proportion of the number. In other words, big families would get a lot of land one person would get less land. For that end, only for present use, uh, let's see, da, 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 and ranged all boys and youth under some family. This had very good success, he says, for it made all hands industrious. So as much more corn was planted than otherwise would have been by any means the governor or any other could use and saved him a great deal of trouble and gave for better content. The women 
We talked earlier about slavery in his journal. He says the women now went willingly into the field and took their little ones with them to set corn, which before would allege or, or claim allege weakness and inability. He's saying these women are now working hard where before they were like, oh, I can't, right? And then he says, who to have compelled would have been thought a great tyranny and oppression. Like, <laughs> like we could not have compelled these women to work, but now they're working like crazy because they see that their family can benefit. And, and he's clearly seeing a contrast here. He's like, it wouldn't have been good for me to compel people. They were kind of enslaved before, but we were very successful because it made all, he says, all hands industrious. And this gets oh, back I to the incentive, mm-hmm. right? Like everyone had the incentive to work. And, and so that was very energizing. It was very motivating. And, and look, there are certain people who can't work. There are legitimate cases where yes. someone needs support from others, ob- obviously and absolutely. But, but by and large, right, if people can work, then they need the right incentives. Uh, you know, when we went through all the coronavirus stuff, the government was literally paying people extra money for not working. And, it was and like so $600 that, a week extra for not working. Extra on top of what the other money they were already getting. And so there were a lot of people like restaurants uh, trying to reopen and they would go back to like their cooks and their servers and everyone else and they wouldn't come back to work because the government was paying them more money to not work. That was a disincentive to work rather than the government stepping out of the way and saying, you're on your own for those of you who are you know capable and, and, and so forth. You know, go go figure it out. Go get a job and go hustle. Go go plant corn. Go be industrious, right? And uh, and so it's so amazing to see that the real story of Thanksgiving um, is about something much more interesting than just yay, everyone was happy. It's like no, look, this was like the first big lesson in America was avoid communism and and respect private property. I think a fun thing too, I know that like my family goes around and says what we're thankful for before we eat dinner on Thanksgiving. So maybe if you're listening to this, maybe you can surprise your extended family and give them a little history lesson when you're going around and say, you know, you're thankful for free market capitalism and, and you know, incentives and work, like how, how much work can just help everybody, not just your own family, but everybody kind of benefited from this, from this. So I think it's really interesting to take a look at history and see what really happened. Absolutely. Hope you guys enjoyed the topic. Happy Thanksgiving. Head to TuttleTwins.com slash podcast. We will have links to these articles we mentioned. If you want to do a little bit more learning, maybe have that the quotes we've mentioned handy um, so that you can share them with your family. Have a great discussion about why we should be so thankful for things like property rights and, and the right incentive to work hard and the ability to earn um, uh, you know, what we work hard to do. So thanks as always, Brittany. We'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.